1: cannot do this cold open. Oh, you've got an idea. I have an idea. We can find a second one, but I just thought this was the first thing that came to mind because it's so topical right now. And we
0: can be topical because we've lost our... Uh...
1: Yeah, we've lost our runway. Um, so, Tristan, mm-hmm. big question on everyone's mind. Everyone's got thoughts about it. Everyone's got opinions on it. What, do you, what are your thoughts? What's your opinion on the slap? Oh boy. Um, Because it is actually impossible to have a good take on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, so that's the whole Will Smith uh, and uh, and Chris Rock thing. Um, yes, my take on it is that those people have way too big bank accounts for me to really care about what's going on
1: with them. That's fair, and you know, <laughs> like what? in my
0: mind, yeah, because like in my mind, like everybody was like having all these like discussions about these people as if they're like you know people that you know and are friends with, and it's like uh-huh. they're multimillionaires, like they don't care about you. Right,
1: that's a totally fair thing to say but what's funny about the slap is that some people will hear you say that and and they and that's that's no good and you've lost all credibility now Tristan because you have you have to be fully on one side or or the other there's no gray area or nuance here it's and even still this is like a Star Wars thing this is a Star Wars thing and even still regardless of what side you're on you're also wrong
0: okay so So, um, just so that I can like you know really get my John Carpenter levels of uh, of uh, you know displeasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll have I'll put my Star Wars take right next to my slap take, which is that there's only one good Star Wars movie, and Ryan Johnson directed it. There we go, we did it. Um, we did I got it. both of the both of the hot takes out of the way. Um, I have this because I'm like a science fiction guy everybody assumes that I really like Star Wars including like my mother-in-law who like gets me like Star Wars stuff as presents and stuff like for Christmas or whatever and ah. I just gotta be like I don't like it I mean like it's fine like they're fine movies to like watch a couple times but like The Last Jedi was the only one that I was like I want to watch that again I want to see some cool stuff I want to see Laura Dern nine eleven, 11 The <laughs> Imperial <laughs> Spaceship <Spatial. laughs> I'm sorry what was
1: that? <laughs> um, uh, didn't Lord Laura, Laura Dern 911s the spaceship, right? Okay, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Just wanted to make sure I got you there. Just, just making sure 100%. Now, you are famously a Star Trek fan though. So are you perpetuating are you perpetuating the the dichotomy between Trek and Wars fans?
0: Maybe. I just think that Star Wars um like used to be like I think that I don't know ever since I started making prequels and sequ- like it when it was three movies, it was something special and it was really cool, but now it's like there's a new Star Wars like every other week,
1: so I'm like, I don't know. What yeah. Um, They got them TV shows now. I don't know. It's not special anymore.
0: When when I was like seven and there were like three movies on the VHS that were like getting like, you know, tracked, like they were getting like scratches because we were watching them so much. That was special. But then and now it's like, oh, no, now there's movies with like Hayden Christensen and then there's like a thousand cartoons and comics. There's so many
1: shows now. I didn't even watch Boba Fett. It didn't look interesting. And I don't like the character. So welcome to um, Scott and Tristan talk about pop culture. Yeah, this is. <laughs> this 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 episode's about Star Wars now. I have not been able to talk about Star Wars on the internet for years because of a rule that I made up where I didn't want to do that because uh, then people would yell at me in the comments. But the good news is that you and I are seemingly on the same page about a lot of Star Wars related stuff. So mm-hmm. if I say something, you'll either agree or you'll be like, yeah, I don't really care. I didn't watch that one. So I'm free. I'm free to say whatever I want in this space. True. Tristan. Okay. Oh, one last Star Wars take. Yeah. The
0: Mandalorian is pro- probably the only thing that I've been like, except for The Last Jedi, The Mandalorian is like the only thing post the original trilogy that I have been any, in any way excited about because it was like legitimately good because Pedro Pascal is a national treasure. But
1: can I, but yes, I agree. But can I just throw in that I that I did not like the finale of season two of Mandalorian? I oh, didn't yeah, like...
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with, with Polar Express Luke Skywalker, that was Didn't terrifying. care for it.
1: Um, Didn't care for it. But this is
0: actually a podcast called It's Probably Not Aliens, where we um, debunk ancient aliens claims from the History Channel
1: show <laughs> and deal with pseudo-archaeology and stuff. That's about our longest intro that we've ever done, I think, that is not related to the topic. I think that, okay,
0: so we're both YouTubers, mm-hmm. and in YouTube world, you have to be so... Obsessed with viewer retention, that yeah. you cannot have a spare second that isn't like generating content and keeping people's oh, attention. Well, yeah. podcasts are a little bit more generous, so we're just like
1: really enjoying that. If you listener, and I'm sorry I'm shouting, if you listener allow us to have a couple minutes at the start of each episode to just goof around, then it helps us bring the energy, it yeah. helps us unwind a little bit because these episodes tend to get all sad. I, uh, although I will say this one sounds like a real fun one. What's this one about, Tristan? Oh,
0: boy. OK, so um, we're not going to space today. We're actually going to Mexico. Fun. One of my favorite countries I've visited many times and I enjoy every time I've been there. So in an episode you did with Kevin when I was away yes. long, long time ago, back in the olden days of before I had a baby, which is approximately three months and 6,000 years ago in my mind.
1: Yeah, um, sounds
0: about right that you did an episode about how aliens might be behind certain types of weather phenomenon. Yes. Including being literally accused of causing great extinction events throughout history. Correct.
1: They've both been accused of causing extinction events and also saving civilizations from extinction events. And I think our conclusion was it was two different sets of aliens that were playing chess with the human race, I think. Well,
0: if there's one of those aliens that wants to show up and suck all the CO2 out of atmosphere that would be really really nice right now that'd be awesome yeah um so they then talk about a bunch of different cases uh about when the aliens obviously use their um weather manipulation technology to do major things and in our previous episode we talked about noah's ark and like that was supposed to be a case of them flooding the world with their hyper technology yes but the other one, there's a couple things, this also hits another uh topic that is a bit of a bugbear for me. The other one is that they said that it caused the collapse of, and I I remember, I, I remember these words in my head, that it caused the collapse of the Maya and the Aztecs. Yes. Which is, first of all, uh two cultures that are woefully conflated in a way that I really don't like, as somebody who almost uh became an archaeologist who studied the Aztecs. But either yeah, way. The
1: Aztecs, the Aztecs were the ones with the cursed gold. F- from Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. and the Mayans were the not them, that they were the not them folks.
0: Oh no, the not them is, is actually the, uh, the Aztecs, but anyways, um, oh, dang, but the thing is actually the Aztecs did, um, That's a good joke, Tristan. They did get the, the, collapse of the Aztec empire did happen because of aliens. The aliens were named Hernando Cortez and the, uh, conquistadores who, uh,
1: mm. who
0: sieged Tenochtitlan and brought a whole bunch of, Smallpox and basically wipe them out. Um, yeah,
1: that's no good. That's a History Channel episode about aliens that, uh, is probably would probably not get nearly as many views as saying space aliens.
0: Yeah, the aliens that took down the Aztecs were from Spain. Um. Anyway, <laughs> did you say space? Did you Spain say they were from space? In uh, Spain. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, the other one though, and this is the one that's gonna be the subject of this episode, which is that uh, the Maya collapsed because of wild weather machine phenomenon, which is interesting because it does tap into a very cool part of history that I am very excited to talk about, which is that the Maya or so I say the classical Maya civilization did have a major collapse between the 7th and ninth centuries. And we don't actually have a good, solid answer as to why. It's still a mystery to this day. And when we don't know the answer to something in archaeology, that means it must have been aliens. Yeah. So, um, so that's that's the topic of today. We're going to talk about the Maya collapse and the ancient alien claims that they were destroyed by weather, weather machines by
1: like, sure like Dr. Doom's weather machine. Well, I'm excited to learn more. But first, hello, listeners. Uh, that's that's this show. It's probably not aliens. That's what we do here. We talk about ancient uh, civilizations and ancient astronaut theories and we debunk them and teach you about cool things from history. My name is Scott Nicewander. I know nothing about anything. Um, I just kind of sit here and let Tristan talk to me about stuff and I learn and I soak it all up with my big normal-sized brain.
0: Your normal-sized brain and your normal-sized head. That's right. Uh, my name is Tristan Johnson. and I am a person who has just like is addicted to Googling random things and going down holes. And uh, I come back
1: with that with a present like a cat for you. Well, we did talk about holes a couple weeks ago. So that is true. This is a different episode. Yeah. Unless holes factor in here. Uh, slightly. Um, oh,
0: fun. Kind of, yeah, we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, uh, today we're talking about the the Maya collapse and uh, what actually happened or what we think might have happened and sort of get into maybe uh, some stuff about why we should show caution when we just declare everything that we don't understand as being alien. This is an alien of the gaps type of situation, which is a very common ancient astronaut theory
1: thing so in the holes yeah
0: i don't know so the maya people lived in a region of central america predominantly mexico but there's other parts of like belize and guatemala and el salvador and such that have like that have uh, maya indigenous people And specifically like the big, like classical Maya civilization, which is where they had a lot of the major things that you probably are familiar with. If you're familiar with the Maya, the the temples, the pyramids, the jade masks, the, um, you know, Chichen Itza, Koba. That's the Maya pyramid that I actually like climbed myself personally. And it's, yeah, it's this really cool part of Mexico. Very tropical, very cool. And they had in this period uh, between the 6th and 8th century, like they would study the monuments. Because what happens is that they every year they would make monuments and they dated the monuments in their own dating system.
1: And that's cute. Did they ever find love? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. That one caught you by surprise. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Um man, that was that was a
0: dad joke. Um (laughs) so so From like the 6th to 8th century, we can see these monuments every year increasing, which implies that there was increasing uh, activity in the region. Mm -hmm. But then around the year 750 AD, things started to precipitously decline to the point where by around the dawn of the 10th century, around the year 900, there were almost no classical Mayans left. We see some evidence in their written record about things that happened Mm -hmm. uh, in places like Copan. We see like a, a long list of dynastic kings that Go from the year 426 to 763, but then uh, an unrecorded unre- usurper shows up, and then the dynasty abruptly ends. The last king on record only ruled until the year 900, went by the name of Jade Sky. So it just seems that like around the year 900, these kingdoms started just
1: falling apart. That's a that's a gamer name, Jade Sky. Jade Sky, yeah. Check it's... out Jade Sky on Twitch Twitch.tv/slash Jade Sky. Oh no, there's gonna be a real Jade Sky,
0: and he's gonna be super problematic or something. I
1: know, I really. Hope that's not a real person. Yeah, and
0: another way that we know that the Maya had some sort of uh, some sort of collapse in their activity is through
1: something called obsidian hydration dating. Are you familiar with obsidian? Um, I this is this is going to be really embarrassing. I didn't know that obsidian was a, a real thing. It, oh. sounds like a, it sounds like a fantasy thing, like a fantasy rock or metal or it something. It kind of is.
0: It's very cool and unique in its own way and okay. was very prominent in Mexico specifically. Like um, one of the regions to the far north where it's a lot drier is a place called Teotihuacan. And they had a whole lot of obsidian craft there. And it is a essentially what obsidian is, is it's a uh, it's glass. Um, oh, so okay. it's glass made in a volcano. So like oh. lava touching sand and makes this like obsidian glass. And uh, indigenous people in Mexico had a really amazing way of making things out of obsidian by basically chipping the obsidian uh-huh. with, like, stone and stuff like that. And they made knives and spearheads and stuff like that that were, like, as sharp as, like, surgical scalpels, if not sharper. Um, wow. Yeah, the 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 Aztecs had a weapon called the maquat, which was this sort of, like, it looks kind of like a cricket bat with, a with like, chunks of obsidian lining the edge of oh. it. And reportedly one strike from one of these could decapitate a horse. Uh,
1: Uh, No, I do. That sounds simultaneously really cool. And also, like, if I held one, I would be scared that I would hurt myself just because of how sharp and dangerous that sounds.
0: Yeah. Uh, But one of the cool things about Obsidian is because it like looks like it comes in these like, you know, rock like blobs until they're chipped open. Um, And because it's glass, what happens is as it gets broken open uh, and worked, it starts to absorb water uh, at a very predictable rate, which means that you can actually like if you look at obsidian, you can judge how much water is in it and through that you can infer how old like at what point somebody took a obsidian and worked it
1: oh that's really cool it's like a glass sponge
0: yeah and so what we could do is we can use that to like if we can like measure the amount of obsidian craft happening at different periods we can kind of get like a rough this is how like this is how an archaeologist would measure like how much activity economic activity was going on right like if you see a period where a lot of obsidian uh like obsidian blades and chips and stuff like that are found dated to like this one period means that a lot of obsidian craft was happening, which likely means there was a lot more economic activity, right?
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, that makes sense to me.
0: Yeah, so through studying the um, the sort of record of these obsidian crafts, you can see that there was a period of growth in settlements and population uh, estimates through the 5th to the 8th century. At its peak, they suspect through this that the valley, where a lot of these uh, people were, probably had a population higher than London at the same time. So this is like a very high, very large sibling uh, yeah. Hustling and bustling. And and that's another thing that we underestimate about indigenous Mexicans is that like they were a very hyper populous uh, like region. There's a lot of food and like a lot of people. To the point where Tenochtitlan, which was the capital of the Aztec Triple Alliance, at the point when the Spanish showed up, uh, that city had a population larger than any city in Europe at that point. Anyways, I I, I don't want to conflate them just because, like, you know, they're in the same kind of country today. But yeah, there's Mm -hmm. steady decline afterwards in the Obsidian record. So... Here's the big thing that we can talk about that kind of goes into like where ancient aliens is already kind of like getting a little sketchy, which is that what we're seeing is not some sort of like dramatic flood or like huge disaster that caused the area to clear out. Sure. We see a decline that persists for almost two hundred years. Mm. Uh, so unless, like, there was a very subtle alien hand at work
1: that was <laughs> doing uh, just vi- picking like, people off one by one <laughs> yeah. over the course of a couple hundred years, yeah, uh, we it, 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 they very undramatic
0: that it was this. It was this. Steady decline, which is far from the Independence Day scenario that uh, the Ancient Aliens try, uh, show tried to make it out to be. Uh huh. So that's it's like this, we get there pretty quick. Like, like okay, but we'll get we'll get into more stuff too.
1: But um, yeah, what
0: what actually caused yeah, the that's Maya the collapse, collapse is the question. Yeah,
1: that's the big question. So if it wasn't this big dramatic disaster that that occurred all at once, then what could it possibly be? What could it? It couldn't possibly be anything else, Tristan. You'll have Mm -hmm. to do a lot to convince me otherwise.
0: Well, we're going to pick at that question. But first, we should probably indulge in a sign of our own civilization's upcoming collapse with (gasps) some ads.
1: Yay! They're going to love that.
0: And we're back. Well, there's one more sponsorship, which is that obviously this podcast is sponsored by Tony's obsidian work.
1: Have you ever oh. needed a blade that was sharper than a surgical scalpel? Then yeah, I can't tell you how often I need something like that. Tony's obsidian blades. Well done, Tony. Thank you so much. I'll take, I'll take a couple. I'll take uh don't ask what they're for. Please don't ask me what they're yeah. for. Please. And this is, that
0: is between me and which um, the Aztec God of war and human sacrifice. Thank um, you for
1: explaining <laughs> that. I was going to, I was, like i'm sure that was a good joke i just don't get it
0: and like i said like very <laughs> steeped in like mesoamerican stuff so uh-huh. I'm like uh, this, that's a that's a that's a mexican mythology joke um <laughs> the best kind of joke the one that everyone will get this joke brought to you by tlaloc the jaguar god of rain oh boy so so yeah um the maya collapse what happened what happened uh is a good question because We don't actually 100% know to the Mm. point where I have found that there are apparently over 80 different theories as to what happened to the Maya people. And we're going to go through every single one
1: right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, they come in major categories. So luckily I've I've clumped it up a little bit, but um, there's not really at this point a main theory that is the overwhelming consensus of Mm archaeologists. But I will mention that there is one that is starting to grow and popularity in more recent decades okay so let's go through these uh these 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 theories 80 theories yeah 80 theories.
1: theory number one they all just got bored (laughs) top
0: 80 maya collapse theories here on what's that what's that youtube channel that just does like top
1: 10 lists or whatever welcome back to watch mojo's (laughs) 80 theories about the mayan collapse (laughs) there you go (laughs) I love,
0: I don't know what energy we're bringing to this. We've taken a couple
1: of weeks off and we were just, like, exploding, like, pent uh-huh. up. It's probably not aliens energy. Number um, 80. They all got canceled by the woke culture mobs. Oh, no. <laughs> So the first one is probably the one that you'd
0: probably think is the most common, which is that they uh, they got just they got invaded by the Toltecs. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is evidence. So, so one of the one of the major theories is that they were invaded, they were destroyed by invading people, and there is evidence that they were invaded in the eighth century by the Toltec civilization. But the thing is that while that would have caused a decline, we are seeing though that the um, the Toltecs like the Toltec invasion was probably not the cause because it was a dramatic like one time event while we're talking about a centuries long decline. It began so late that actually like it had already been declining for several centuries by that point. It's like mm-hmm. saying that like barbarians caused the collapse of Rome. Well it's like, right? you know Rome was already well on its way to collapsing yeah, before they, the, before they, they showed up and city down the city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't explain and also one of the things that happens is when you study, you know, long history, we see what happens when invasions happen in places and the thing about it and this is kind of like a thing that shows up in a lot of post-apocalyptic fiction too which is that like yeah um, we we will see signs of collapse and destruction but we almost always in fact we always see at least some sign that institutions get rebuilt and things start to come back Mm -hmm. and in the case of the Maya collapse they didn't come back people abandoned regions of the country and that's not a thing you usually see in the wake of invasions it can change a lot but it's usually a short-term event and it usually runs its course um, and we've never there's no case in the archaeological record of an invasion leading to entire regions being abandoned
1: yeah just gone you yeah
0: know. Uh, the second and this one's actually interesting because it also lets me talk about a different cool part of history because I'm just getting you all distracted today I love Um, it. And that is that there was a trade system collapse. Now, I'll get into what that means. So that there was a there's a theory that or there's a not a theory because it's pretty well established um, through Uh like kind of studying things that Mexico had a pretty large and intricate trade network. So they we see that signs that goods and stuff were moving across the country pretty regularly. Uh, You know, you find jade that's kind of from the Yucatan. You find it in places like, uh, you know, like upper up north where it's uh, where there is no jade, you find like like even obsidian. Mm. Primarily, probably came from a place like Teotihuacan uh, uh-huh. and kind of came down. Um, and so this is all signs that there was an intricate trade network. Now there was a uh, there was a civilization called the Teotihuacanos uh, who lived in Teotihuacan in the which collapsed in the seventh century, also kind of a mysterious fashion. Uh-huh. Um, which they th- I think has something more to do with the El Nino effect, but we'll get uh, that, that. That's not that's uh, or, not a topic of this or aliens or really? aliens. I mean, you see, are aliens behind the El Nino effect? Nobody's proven that it hasn't, so there you mm-hmm. go. Um, so there's the thought that the there was a collapse of the Teotihuacan civilization, and, and that the Maya were heavily dependent on trade with the, with Teotihuacan. Another place I've been actually, and that led to sort of a breakdown of their economic system because you know their civilization couldn't survive without intricate trade. And we do have precedent for this, okay? Because there's a reasonable theory that some something similar happened in the mediterranean world at the end of the bronze age have you ever heard of the bronze age collapse oh
1: that was when so the the bronze age was when comic books started getting a little bit too dark and gritty a little bit Mm -hmm. um right off the heels of the silly goofy silver age with like jimmy olsen and the Marvel boom and things like that. Uh, And so I guess that must have led to the nineties when the super, the death of Superman happened. There was like a speculator bubbles and you can stop me at any time. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm letting you ride this out. Um, Mm -hmm. No, I have no idea what, what, uh, what happened there. So the Bronze Age
0: was this interesting period where there were uh, extremely developed and powerful civilizations in sort of the uh, Eastern Mediterranean. Mm. This was the time of like Egypt probably being at like uh, one of the high watermarks of its power, being a major regional power. Um, And things that are really interesting about this period is that uh, it was a time where there were these large empires that had extremely centralized and planned governments and economies. And then they all collapsed in a very short period of time. And there's a lot of mystery as to like what happened. One of the things people think is that bronze, which was a metal that was much more powerful than, or much more uh, sturdy than copper, which was kind of used before, uh, was very, uh, like, it was very hard and expensive to make because bronze is an alloy of copper and tin. But copper and Mm. tin don't, uh, they they don't show up in the same places, which means that in order to make bronze, you have to have very large trade networks that span, like, multiple countries and things like that. And so they believe that... The Eastern Mediterranean was this deeply interconnected trade network because they were making this 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 alloy that was keeping all of these powerful empires running because when you when your soldiers have bronze and the people do not, the people do worse. Mm -hmm. Um, So they think that because of some effects and there's been various theories that have to do with like sea people invading. Which they right. think is like a reference to like uh, like like people from Cyprus and stuff like that, oh, all the way to like. Um, I thought
1: you were gonna say mermaids or something, or or sea mermaids. Sea people, who knows?
0: Uh, or things like uh, like environmental problems or or something. This is the thing we don't really have like a perfect answer for this. That those okay. trade networks broke down and all of these societies had a major collapse afterwards, and it wasn't until. Uh, Iron became the new predominant metal because iron was not Mm. something that needed uh, far spanning trade networks to do. Iron not even being as good a metal as bronze, but it is easier to get from one place and yeah, kind of build in a more autonomous fashion. It's good enough, and so that would be the
1: kind of difference between the transition between the bronze and iron age.
0: Anyways, uh, back to Mexico. Yeah. Um, so that
1: that was that was a whole uh, that was just an example of we have precedent for this in yeah. other places of history of trade collapse causing civilizations to yeah. to disappear. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly, and so. We believe that or there is and there is a uh, there is in the record a distinct uh, collapse that happens of Teotihuacan in the in the around the time that the Maya began to collapse. And uh, we know that the Maya were heavily dependent on or at least heavily uh intertrading with Teotihuacan. Yeah. So so I, at least there was a major realignment of trade routes. And if those realignments took them away from the Maya, then that could have caused problems. But um, the problem with this one is that the Maya decline is timed to about a century after the decline of Teotihuacan. And there's a lot of evidence that the Maya prospered after the collapse of Teotihuacan. So the ah. they sort of like cause and effect are not uh, are not perfectly synced in time yeah. by about a few centuries.
1: Yeah, which is pretty far apart. So mm-hmm. kind of a kind of a trouble, a, a little bit of an issue with this this theory.
0: Yeah. And we've also studied the economic effects of the collapse of Teotihuacan on the Maya. And it led more to a hiatus than a collapse. There was a period of economic stagnation instead of growth. Yeah. But it was uh, but we we kind of have like a pretty good idea of uh, what impact that actually had.
1: Yeah, they had to take a gap year, find themselves a little bit mm-hmm. and then get back to it. Oh. I get you. And so the, so the, the, that, that that's a theory that's kind of gone away at this point.
0: Uh, another one is disease, very is common. Classic, yeah. Classic somebody, case, yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, I just recovered from COVID last week, so uh, I'm very familiar with uh, with disease as a mm-hmm. vector of uh, causing societal ills. Um, no pun intended, but mm-hmm. uh, disease could uh, more than our previous explanations actually explain depopulation, like people mm-hmm. disappearing. Yeah. um and it could also explain having issues with repopulating a region um specifically not necessarily a virus or like a bacteria okay. but what could be these or maybe a bacteria but what could be the source of something that like a disease that would cause a collapse in a specific region like that would be some sort of parasite
1: interesting
0: because the Mayan homeland you know uh. the Yucatan Peninsula is tropical lowlands like it's very flat and it's it's like, you know, full of tropical trees. It rains a lot. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's a place where parasites can be very common.
1: Mm, the perfect ground for them.
0: In fact, yes. And because, you know, their, uh, their their settlements would have been places where there was a lot of standing water and a lot of like, you know, wastewater and stuff like that were very easily could have become like major hubs of disease and parasite carrying insects and all those kinds of things mosquitoes and like and and you know, all sorts of like disease could it, 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 before like you know modern plumbing um most yeah. cities were like just cesspits of disease <laughs> yeah
1: and if you yeah. factor
0: in the fact that these cities were also in the middle of like tropical jungles basically you can mm-hmm. imagine that um there's there's a lot of Uh, opportunity for for major plagues
1: that makes sense i my desk is right next to my cat's litter box so i i get this i get i get what you're saying very strongly more so than i think most people uh, on the planet earth because i i smell i smell those bad smells and sometimes they're a little flies so fun
0: Another thing, too, that could have been a disease that really caused a lot of damage is acute diarrhea. Um ah. Things like cho- diseases like cholera and such like that, which is usually made by, uh, by you know, uh, mixing the, your sewer water with your drinking water, which was a very oh, common no. thing up until recently. And unfortunately today, uh, because uh, today uh, diarrhea is still one of the major causes of death in the developing world, especially and especially of like children and babies.
1: Yeah. Uh, um,
0: because these are countries that don't have a lot of money, and even though diseases like cholera have very easy remedies, um, right. they don't have. They're not. It's not profitable to give them, you know, oh. anti diarrhea medication in order to to uh, to right. save them. And so, a lot of especially children die of 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 diarrhea, and um, and furthermore, like to fix it, they would need to like yeah, the 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 major thing that got rid of diseases like cholera in like Europe and Western society was like modern plumbing. And modern plumbing is like a huge infrastructure project. And we live in the age of neoliberalism where we don't build infrastructure anymore. We did that. We just live in the decaying ruins of stuff we built in the 60s. It'll
1: be fine. It'll be fine. It's holding up now. Yeah, it'll be fine. We don't need to fix anything. We don't need to build anything. No, no bridges ever collapse. High speed rail. Get out of here. That's impossible. Yeah. So that's so because we know that
0: this is a plague on our society today. It's very easy that like, you know, some sort of diarrheal illness could have uh, caused a major population decline. Um, so this one is actually not ruled out. This is one of the ones that has a lot of major like, you know, a lot of people who buy into it today. And uh-huh. at the very least, it's pretty well uh, thought to be at least a partial explanation
1: for the collapse of the Maya civilization. Sure. It certainly is not the most far-fetched thing.
0: No. Um, then the one that has a lot more... This one's a lot more mainstream. This is sort of like the, probably the runner-up until very recently. Okay. And that is uh, drought. Ah. So... The opposite of diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So... There is evidence in the records that there was a period of uh, rapid climate change that caused a big drought in the Yucatan. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's in Mexico in general, because of the El Nino effect, there actually are like, because of that, it goes through these periods of extreme drought and rain and stuff like that. Like the, 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 the amount of rain that can, that, um, that region can get in a season
1: can vary a lot because of the El Nino effect. Can you clarify for, for folks who don't know what the El Nino effect is?
0: Uh, I'm, uh, I could be crucified for this one because I'm not like, I'm kind of going off of like stuff I vaguely know, uh, which is, you know, training territory. So take this with a gigantic pile of salt, but I believe it has something to do with, Ah, uh, the way that current uh, currents work in the Pacific Ocean, and mm-hmm. because they uh, they it can change from year to year. And when that happens, uh, weather patterns in uh, in places in the Americas can change drastically.
1: Okay. That sounds familiar to me. If you've ever heard of like a
0: year where it's an El Nino year or a La Nina year, I think that kind of has to do with it. So like, um, good good question to Google.
1: Um, look maybe, it up. Hey, listener, look it up. This isn't our job. Oh, Tristan's looking it up. Never mind. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't. Yeah, OK. El
0: Nino causes the Pacific jet stream to move south and further east. During the winter, this leads to wetter conditions than usual in the southern U.S. and warmer and drier climates in the north. Makes Gotcha. Yeah. Since you know, so Mexico obviously would be affected by that too.
1: Yeah. Um, well, all right. Weather weather is being wacky. Yeah, basically. and it's a it's a well
0: established phenomenon that we are very familiar with. Gotcha. Um, so the problem though is that we have a hard. The reason why this isn't like the main theory is because we have a hard time finding quality or quantitative data on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll, I'll explain what that means. So we do know we can study the record and find that there are some periods that are much drier than other periods, but like we can't really get a good like this is how many millimeters of rain they got versus like this year. So we know that there's like less rain. We don't know if it was like such little rain that it would have caused like 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 crop failures and stuff like that.
1: Right. You're saying like we know the relative like was it wetter or drier than the previous year, but we don't know exactly by how much of, of anything. Specifically, yeah.
0: Yeah, Um, and we we do that through isotope measurements in caves because another thing that's really cool about uh, the Yucatan is that it is full of caves. Uh, that's the holes uh, aspect. They're called oh. uh,
1: cenotes. We're back at the holes.
0: Yeah, they're, they're called cenotes and they are really, really cool. I've actually swam in one and it, they're like oh these... Oh my God. Why You have lived like a
1: full life of interesting travel.
0: <laughs> I have. I, 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 like I said, I've been to Mexico probably... Uh, I've probably been to Mexico like seven or eight times. I really love it. It's a really cool country. Um, and so, yeah, but like, uh, but yeah, the cenotes. So studying isotopes in in these caves have shown that there was a modern decrease of rainfall around Mm -hmm. the time of the Maya Collapse, uh, possibly periods of up to a 70% decrease in annual rainfall. Um, But the problem with this theory is that the collapse wasn't universal in all places at once, which a drought would accompany for. So like if there was a drought, we would have seen the collapse happen everywhere at once, while this happened kind of unevenly in different places, which Mm -hmm. uh, means that at least it's not the theory, it could be a reason basically. So just another thing to add on top
1: Mm -hmm. potentially.
0: And a lot of the evidence also comes from the Northern Yucatan, which is far from the Southern Yucatan, which is where the Maya flourished the most. Um, But the thing is that uh, it does Does have some merit because um, the region does have issues with getting fresh water. Like, fresh water is a major problem in the Yucatan. Yeah. And, like, the Maya people didn't have, like, many great sources of fresh water. They typically collected rainwater and drank that. Okay. So the fact is, like, water is already, like, you know, it, it's a very uh, fickle resource in, yeah. uh, in this region. And so uh, getting a good source of fresh water can be difficult.
1: Yeah, hard to hard to reliably have, have a source on hand.
0: Exactly. Which kind of brings us to our last theory that is the one that has kind of been gaining in popularity uh, and is... Kind of a sign of our times in many ways, hmm. um, which is that the Maya people over the centuries went through basically over expanded the carrying capacity of the region they lived on. And it led to a uh, systemic ecological collapse in the region. Oh, no. So the way that they that basically that their farming and expansion in more and more settlements caused soil depletion uh deforestation, uh loss of biodiversity and also siltation of the water, so like basically getting like silt and stuff into the water. Mm. Um and in that case they would have been making their uh ecosystem more fragile, which means right. that something like a drought they would have less things to react to or to um to like to to deal with it,
1: right? Yeah, to rely on to to help. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and also that uh, Maya farming practices involved a lot of heavy water usage. <laughs> Uh-huh. So in many ways, uh, uh, what I've seen is that it's actually kind of a feat that the Maya were able to flourish at all, given the sort of ecological situation and the issues with water in the region. And that the collapse happened because they were already in this very precarious ecological environment. And then as they grew, they kept, uh, they basically overtapped the natural resources. And, Mm. you know, one major, um, you know, shoved the process. Yeah, just one little
1: slip. Yeah. Yeah, So like
0: uh, so basically their situation got more and more unstable and then things like droughts or things like diseases would be much more uh, common
1: and, uh, and and
0: much harder to deal with.
1: Yeah. Oh, that is, yeah, they're just like hanging in the balance. And then once that balance is off, it's just everything sort of crumbles like dominoes a little bit.
0: Yeah. And actually, it's an interesting thing, because this actually gets a little bit into my Ph.D. research, because um, th- there's a thing called complexity theory mm-hmm. or uh, which we're getting like way out of history and archaeology here into.
1: No, like, I'm systems into theory. It. This, this episode has, has tapped into both. both I assume both your and my ADHD by jumping around <laughs> you know, from top to topic i'm i'm a fan of this this is our
0: adhd friendly section of the show um no i love it so so complexity theory is this idea of how do you study complex systems that you can like make a lot of like uh, systems that have simple agents that interact in certain ways and make things that are very adaptable and complex Uh like an ant colony how does a group of ants that have individually like next to no intelligence but they have like these like adaptable intelligent systems how do they develop things like that and it's just by following simple rules and the kind of of Um, It kind of, you know, develops out of it. But what we've studied about complex systems like that is that uh, it's very easy to move a piece out of position that causes a sort of cascade failure that then causes the collapse of the whole system. And it Mm. might be difficult to even know what the thing was that caused it.
1: Right, yeah.
0: So there's a economist by the name of Nassim Mm. Talib who wrote a book called uh, Black Swans. And Black Swans... And basically, um, what this is a reference to is events that seem impossible, but in retrospect seem inevitable. Oh, um, the, the way that they explain this is that uh, the reason why it's called black swan is because in Europe for a long time a black swan was sort of a term we used for like like when pigs fly, like it was like a thing that was impossible. Oh, but then, that's fun. Uh,
1: I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. But then we went to Australia and found mm-hmm. that there are actually species of black swan that live in Australia.
1: Oh. Um, <laughs> so kind of <laughs> throughout that whole idiom, huh? Yeah. And
0: so the idea is that there's like events like say like how the assassination of the Archduke Franz Ferdinand could lead to the like, you know, the collapse of the world order into the most Destructive war in human history at that point, right?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: or like how nine eleven went from this like complete shock to the system until like oh you study like that, you know how it, how we led up to that situation. It's like oh it's like it was kind of inevitable. that something like this would have happened. You know, there was all this intelligence and stuff like that that they didn't they didn't uh, they didn't accept or they did they overlooked uh, until after nine eleven and they looked back and found like oh shit like. Like, Because they did the 9 commission report that basically outlined all of the failures that led to not catching this in time. They're like, look, we had all this evidence and we screwed up because organizations weren't talking to each other. So that's the kind of thing of like a
1: black swan. Yeah, like like how someone might just start a fun ceremony to award great movies and then decades down the line... <laughs> actors slap each other. <laughs> yep. It's inevitable.
0: See, the thing is that it's going to cause an escalation because now an Oscar without minor violence is going to be kind of a dull affair. And so mm. if you want to get attention at the Oscars, you're going to have to do increasingly intense viol- uh, violence to the point where they're just going to be starting to shoot each other on the stage, which is pretty really brutal. Well,
1: so I did hear that this year has a 60% higher uh, views than last year. And that's what they want. Like, that's why they do these the bad Skits and like they cut all these awards for time or whatever. So like I don't know. It I think you might be right. Yeah, people are gonna watch it now, waiting for the next slap because you know now anything can happen. I think you might be right, and I don't like it, but I think you mm-hmm. might be right.
0: But anyways, back to the Maya. Uh, so there could be that some that like you know they made their system vulnerable by removing biodiversity and overusing their resources. And then something critical got taken out of the system and it caused the entire ecological system to collapse. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like the where we are. We're kind of like well, there was probably a drought, but the drought was probably in a period where they were already vulnerable.
1: Right. It's It's one or two, you know, little things that just sort of Cause that you know those dominoes to start falling.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Now, so
0: so that that that's kind of sort of like where we're at when it comes to the Maya collapse. Um, could an alien have caused the drought? Could an alien have um, you know depleted their biodiversity and you know overfarmed their fields and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, theoretically, but I feel like I have a better explanation, which is that the that weather happens and that the Maya were the ones that overdid their um, their, their, their 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 you know carrying
1: capacity. But who controls the weather, Tristan? The sun. Um, And the sun is in space. And the sun is in space where aliens are. (laughs) There you go.
0: Confirmed. So... I don't know why uh, a drought or a systemic collapse over a period of centuries uh, needs to be explained by aliens because I feel like an alien, like alien intervention would be very, it would stick out, right? Like it would be very weird um, and not be like this like long gradual decline.
1: Did they have any evidence for the alien thing or was it really, was it literally just like, well, we haven't been able to figure it out. So it's aliens. Yeah, that's the alien of the gaps because basically they were just like,
0: they're just explaining of period of things that aliens could have inv- uh, could have intervened in the weather and then they just were like and that could have caused the great flood it could have caused the collapse of the Aztecs it could have caused the collapse of the Maya and it's like okay no, sure yeah. um, um. so but we also know um, we have a pretty good record that there are many ways that droughts can happen that don't involve aliens we've seen many non-alien involved droughts in history
1: yeah that's true no one talks about all the non alien droughts
0: and on that note um, the other thing too is that uh, I, I kind I've been guilty of doing this myself, but calling it the collapse of the Maya is kind of a wrong term. This is kind of the part where I make you sad. Um, and that is that it should be called the collapse of the classical Maya civilization because they aren't gone. The Maya still exists today. They're there. There are about six million Maya people in uh, in Central America, which makes them the single largest block of indigenous people north of Peru. That's incredible. That's so yeah. many. hmm. And like the place that they live in is like resort country, like the Yucatan or the Mexican state of Quintana Roo is like where Cancun is. Like Cancun is a Maya word. Um, that makes sense. Living it up. Yeah. And they were a very highly developed civilization that had a very intricate set of hieroglyphic writing. They mm. had a calendar system that was very complex that we're definitely going to have to get to because the Maya calendar oh, yeah. itself is uh-huh. its own whole ancient oh, aliens it thing. it sure is. Um, um, but because they had this highly developed civilization, it wasn't until relatively recently that we were able to start translating the hieroglyphics. There were a lot of question marks or a lot of things we didn't know. And so Mm. the Maya have become a lightning rod for pseudo-archaeology. I mean, we have already like King Pakal, for example. Yeah. Um, And so we will be back. The Maya, like the Egyptians, have definitely come up a lot as a ancient aliens favorite because we just spent a long time where we didn't know their language. Um, Mm. And now we're starting to. And it's really cool because not only are we able to translate these ancient ruins, but actually we've been kind of bringing the uh, written version of Maya and reintegrating it with the indigenous spoken version of Maya Mm -hmm. and uh, sort of trying to give it back to indigenous Maya people to like learn their own ancient language, which is kind of this cool little thing going on. Um, But yeah, um, the Maya are not aliens. They were, their uh, collapse has uh, a lot of very plausible explanations. We just don't know which one it might be or what, you know, variation of that. And, they were able to do all of those things despite not being white and you didn't need aliens.
1: That is true. I do think this is really, this is interesting to me just because like, because they're still figuring it out because scholars and, and historians and all these people are still trying to figure it out. I think it's really interesting that there's still this not quite decided on mystery, historical mystery. And there's all these different things that it could be. And, and, uh, you know, we've talked about this so many times in the show, but, you know, just because we haven't figured it out doesn't necessarily mean it's aliens. It could yeah. just be something a little bit more reasonable, even if we haven't quite figured out what it is yet, 100%.
0: Yeah, and exactly. And also, like, this same mystery that we are making progress towards, yeah. if you think about it, it's not until very recently that archaeologists have taken an extreme interest in things like ecological collapse or, you know, like um, biodiversity and things like that, because our society is just coming around to accepting that as a thing we should be worried about. And so there's a lot of like, like I know that um, when I left the history profession um, that like one of the big things that was sort of really taking off was environmental history. And so this is, archaeology is kind of having a similar thing. So, yeah. Um, So this is, this is a, this is a developing and vibrant field that obviously could, could explain a mystery that's been around. This is why, you know, constant self-criticism and analyzing the way that we analyze things, i.e. like the postmodern type movement is super critical because it gets us to look at things in new ways and discover new methods of, uh,
1: of analysis like, like like this. Yeah, um, well, very exciting. Yeah, so that that that's the Maya collapse. Well, that was less ex- the Maya collapse was not as exciting, but learning about it was. But, um, but yeah, that, that was a good, that was a, that
0: was a fun one. This is one I definitely wanted to do. And when we get to the Maya calendar, uh uh-huh. I have, I have so many calendar opinions that I, oh I, I, I it's going to be, it's going to be a rough one.
1: Oh boy. Well, mark your calendars listener by following this show and, uh, this whole podcast, uh, on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And also on Twitter at probs, not aliens, where you can find us, uh, you can also find us other places on the internet Tristan where can people find you
0: I have a YouTube channel called step back history and um, you know the COVID thing I mentioned earlier kind of put a stall on my next video but it is coming together soon and uh, you know all you know all things going well by the time this vi- this episode comes out we
1: will uh, it'll
0: be out so I'm Excellent. coming back
1: it's the first video I filmed since December <laughs> what a what a break you've earned it Uh, yeah and then uh, if you want to hear more of me and my words and my thoughts where I'm a little bit more prepared and uh, scripted you can uh, check out my videos on NerdSync on YouTube that's N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C uh, I make video essays about comics and cartoons and um, I don't my know Amazon I'm branching out and how Amazon <laughs> is bad the, the company not the place um, well I mean I don't really know the the the, the 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 Amazon place I know next to nothing about but the company I know is bad
0: and there goes the Audible um, sponsorship. You can't do that
1: one anymore um, Modern. Um, uh, please leave reviews. I can I think I kept mentioning in other episodes that you can leave reviews on Spotify. I don't think that's true anymore. I think you can leave ratings, but maybe not reviews. I don't know. I've not been able to find any like reviews, but on Apple podcasts, you can do that. And, uh, that would be appreciated if you can do those and tell your friends. That's how this podcast grows. And we are growing and it's because you keep telling people. And that's a good announcement that Um, this show is now on YouTube. So if you like to
0: listen to your podcast on YouTube, there is a it's probably not aliens YouTube channel where uh, you can
1: listen to the show if that's the way that you prefer to get podcasts. I know that there are some people who that is. So and it allows us to have a comment section, which could be either fun or dangerous. Yeah. The first two comments
0: were uh, words or thought fossils and Uh ruin me history, daddy. Perfect. So
1: we're already off to a good start. Great. Great start so far. <laughs> Incredible. Well, uh, thank you so much, everyone. And of course, you can find links to where you can listen to the show and so many other things at robsnotaliens.com if you want to go there. Really simple address.
0: And until next time, people, Ryan Johnson made the best Star Wars, and the truth is out there. Probably.
1: We got a little distracted by the Star Wars, but I do think that we were ultimately right in our opinions, and that's really what matters.